0: Good morning, and welcome to a new episode of the morning Star Journal. My name is Tariq, and on this podcast, I take some time to go over books, uh, TV shows, movies, games, just about anything and everything that's on my mind on things that I've enjoyed, give you my own uh, reviews and retrospectives. And just want to, um, kind of show you things that I get excited on and hopefully, um, you know, uh, show things that, uh, you might not have heard of, or, you know, things to try out whenever you have time. Uh, just want to take some time that I appreciate, um, all who decide to listen. And today on this Saturday, um, day before Memorial's day, happy Memorial day to kind of Put a stamp on uh, when this pod, when this uh, episode uh, came out. Uh, we're actually I'm actually gonna go over the John Wick series. Uh, recently, John Wick Chapter Three: Parabellum just came out in theaters last week, and I figured it'd be a, it's a good time to go over the first two episodes uh, t- episodes, really first two movies, I should say. Um, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about uh, both John Wick uh one and chapter two and a little bit on three not too much as far as spoilers because i think it's a movie you should definitely see but i will kind of give you a a brief little rundown so today this episode is going to be a little bit different i'm actually attempting to just record it and then i'm going to upload it so hopefully the sound will be good on here Um, it's a little bit different normally I go straight through Anchor but just in case uh, my episodes have been running a little bit longer recently so I'm trying this uh, just in case this goes over uh, the regular time so uh, hopefully it doesn't but um, we'll see and if I can keep it below uh, the hour even better but just in case Um, There's also a few little uh, points I want to talk about before I get to those retrospectives. So, let's actually um, hop into that real quick. So, um, a few things have been going on since uh, my last episode. Has been a little bit of an extra week, unfortunately. Um, That is on me. Um, I've been trying to make sure I get everything together. And also, work has been... um, not hectic, but, uh, pretty involved and I haven't had the kind of time to really put new episodes together as much as I want to. Um, so hopefully I can start, um, kind of managing my schedule a little bit better so I could, so I can, uh, get back to getting these out once a week like I had before. So hopefully within the next, um, week or two, I can start, um, making that a little bit better. But, um, also I have had a chance to really start to try out my new base and that's going along great. May actually need to go out because unfortunately, um, I seem to have misplaced the Allen wrench so I can adjust the, um, truss rod, which really stinks because I do need to kind of, I'm still kind of, um, modifying it a little bit just to my play style, but I might actually play a little bit when this ends uh so once I'm done with all the John Wick talk if uh you know uh, you don't want to keep on listening by all means you can stop the recording then and you won't have to worry about that um, and like I said uh this is a little bit different because I am using the recording and The phone does actually go off, so I'm hoping that that doesn't actually hurt or, um, I should say, uh, stop the recording um, as it's going. So we'll definitely see how that goes. Uh, I've got a little bit of music going on in the background, so let's get to the little points. Um, Another thing, of course, uh, just kind of going over a few uh, things in media that I kind of wanted to um, throw out there. So had two series in, uh recently that I'm kind of sad for. I've uh, got Into the Badlands, um, a show that I've talked about uh, several times. Can't remember if I did a official podcast on it. I feel like I don't think I did. Um, so that's definitely going to be one that I'm going to have to um, bring out soon. But. Into the Badlands had just ended, and uh, it was definitely a really amazing, uh, see, a series finale. And it's very interesting where it left off. Um, that's going to be something I might have to talk about sometime. But if you have a chance, um, most of the epi- uh, most of the seasons, are still available on Netflix. And the last couple of episodes, well, you have to either get. AMC, or wait, and hopefully uh, Netflix will get the last season soon. Um, another series that have just ended was Game of Thrones. And there are a lot of articles and reviews that talk about its um, well, its ups and downs for a lot of people. Um, I'll just say that in the end, I did, um, I did enjoy it. Um, I I see you, uh, or at least to say I do um, pretty much agree with how a lot of things ended though I will say that it feels like something was missing. I know that's very vague and a lot of people want to point out certain things and I have a colleague that really enjoyed it and kind of said well what did you expect? And it's not, I'm not sure. A lot of things that end, when they when you do have something that's the true finale not just a season finale but like the ending of a series there's kind of this feeling it's not just a climatic battle or um, one last duel there's just a, a feeling an overall feeling that when you're re- either reading something when you're watching it if it's truly an ending you really get that feeling that yes this is the ending of this uh, story, this is the end of this series, even though there might be things, there will be things that go on, and you know, there's of course things that could be spin-offs, but there's a finality that I just feel that uh, Game of Thrones was missing, it's hard to say, and might be something that I'll have to uh, kind of look up and research to get more feeling, so just uh, just kind of put my stamps on it. I thought it was okay, I thought a lot of things were pretty good, but I do feel that there was something missing and that'll be something for another time. Um, also, since I still do have HBO uh, now, at least for another couple of weeks before I cancel a subscription, like a lot of other people did, you know, you just kind of jump on for Game of Thrones or in my case, Westworld, when that comes out next year, um, I started watching Deadwood and that's been a really cool Western. Um, that might be another one that I'll have to um, put into a show, either that or just Westerns in general. Cause I've actually realized after watching Deadwood, I enjoy, um, Western stories. like there's the, the setting is uh, pretty interesting, but there's a certain style to the stories. There's uh, certain elements to Westerns that, um, you know, I'm comparing like Deadwood and, um, uh, Hell on Wheels and a couple of others. Uh, Warrior can be considered. Uh, the new one on Cinemax um, that's based off of, uh, um, I think, a story that was uh, brought up by either Bruce Lee or I know it's definitely his production company. Um, but uh, even that even that one, Warrior, which is on Cinemax now, there are certain elements that make it a Western that I've... I've come to enjoy, and that will be also something that I'll have to talk about. But one thing that really caught my eye was, of course, that um, one of the main actors is Timothy Olyphant, who is the main actor of Justified. And it's funny watching the first se- the first episode of Deadwood. There's tons of people who actually end up being either extras or even a few mains on Justified, and I'm currently on the last season, season three, and there's still like a bunch of them, which makes me wonder, like when they hired um, Timothy, did he just like kind of put a call to all his friends from Deadwood to like try out for uh, Justified, or maybe the uh, Casting director, or uh, somebody on the Justified, that just watched Deadwood, it was like, Okay, we're gonna get you, we're gonna get you, we're gonna get you. <laughs> and it, it's interesting. And Deadwood is a, a pretty good series. And finally, another thing I just want to talk about real quick is the Terminator Dark Fate trailer just came out. So, our first uh, real look at the new Dark Fate series. And it's interesting. Um, we'll definitely see where it goes. Um, of course, there's a lot of kind of rumors on the uh, story that this is supposed to be uh, a direct sequel of Terminator 2. Which, of course, that mean, and even by looking at it, you can definitely tell that uh, things like Rise of the Machines, Salvation, and technically even Genesis. Um, aren't in play at this point because, you know, for one, Linda Hamilton is uh, appears in this movie and sh- it looks like, uh, you know, she's playing her age, and which would assume that it uh, aged in real time. So it'll be interesting. Like I said, they didn't show any specific story elements per se. And uh, Arnold apparently is also back. So it'll be interesting what they say uh, his deal is because uh, you can listen to my uh, our Terminator uh, discussion a few episodes back that I had with uh, David and his dad. And you'll know that, um, you know, even though Genesis this has left a lot of things open. Um, one of the biggest things, and I've heard that both Salvation and Genesis were made in the hopes of like a new, basically trilogy or series to kind of pay you back off of it. Um, Genesis has a moment where like there's an un- there's a completely unanswered question. Like it's even brought up in the film, and they and they. Uh, purposely make it vague to uh to probably answer later and that is when um uh when Kyle comes back and he's in the shop and then all of a sudden a T-1000 attacks him uh Sarah Connor comes in and tries to rescue him of course this is a spoiler for Genesis but it's been so old Uh, If you haven't seen it at this point, you're not going to. But anyway, in uh, Genesis, um, so Sarah Connor actually saves Kyle Reese. And at one point, and, and then, of course, he sees Arnold, who's older, and he recognizes it as a Terminator. But then she tells him, no, he saved me. And so that Arnold was sent back. And Kyle even asked him, well, who sent you back? And the Terminator responds with, I have no memory of that. It's been wiped, which was going to which sounds like that was going to lead to some either revelation or uh, something later that will explain that, you know, whoever sent Arnold back or, you know, the Arnold Terminator way back to when Sarah was just a child knew and and whoever sent him back knew all the events because they knew about Kyle coming in in the 80s. They also knew how to handle the T-1000. But anyway, it looks like those those questions um, potentially are just going to be out the door and we're supposed to forget about them because this is a brand new uh, startup and we'll kind of see where it goes. Um, I will just say that it looks interesting. Uh, there's probably a very good chance I'll still go see it, but I not exactly have my um, hopes up too much for the series. But we'll certainly see how it goes. Um, I'm definitely going to have to reach out to uh, David from Car Thoughts with David and just see what he thought of it. Because I know he's, um, or at least I hope he's seen it. And because we were gonna, that was one of the things we were gonna discuss, um, that we kind of were gonna talk about Dark Fate, but I was like, you know, I want to wait till a trailer comes out before I really, you know, put a stamp on, you know, what I think of it, and we'll kind of see where that goes. But anyway, to the main point of this, um, podcast today, or this episode today, is to talk about John Wick, um, which is a, and, Hey, anyone who listens to this will probably, uh, more than likely, you're already a fan of John Wick, and you know that I am. But just in case, if uh, you just want to kind of have my thoughts on what I think is pretty cool about the series, not just the series, but a lot of key factors within the series, and also if you know somebody who uh, is kind of on the fence about John Wick and you want um, a kind of different outlet other than you, of course, uh, telling them that they have to go see John Wick. And you just want another source to go, well, uh, listen to this guy and see what he thinks of John Wick. That, well, that's what I'm here for. So, let's just get right into it. And like I said, uh, this hopefully this recording actually works out pretty well. Um, I'm not going to edit it. I might actually listen to it just to make sure that it doesn't... Uh, go out at any point because I do notice that my phone going blank but the recording is still going so hopefully that is not not anything serious on that end and I might just actually see if there's a way I can nope Uh, not right now so we're just gonna kind of go with as it is and jump into it so um John Wick series created, or actually directed, I should say, by Chad, I'm going to probably get this name wrong, Uh, Stilhitsky, but also um, co-directed by David Leach. Now, Chad is probably the main director that's usually advertised, while David, though they don't put co-directors on, um, at least on the first one. Um, you know, that he just, they, he's actually on mainly as a producer, basically. Um, and he continues, and David continues to produce the later films, but he mainly, um, but it, so the John Wick series is predominantly directed by Chad. Um, so who, who are these characters when, what is John Wick? Uh, for those who don't know, so here's the basic story of John Wick. John Wick, um, when the movie starts off, oh, and before we start off with that, uh, there will be spoilers for John Wick 1, um, there will be spoilers for John Wick 2. I mean, these movies came out in 2014 and 2017, um, and you have to know at least pretty much what's going on on both of these movies. To understand how John Wick 3 even works. So I am going to spoil those two. But I will leave um, non-spoilers or very light for John Wick 3. So uh, John Wick, the first John Wick, um, starts off with um, him waking up. Oh, sorry, no. I take that back. It actually starts him crawling out of a damaged SUV. So we get the... um, uh, and if there was a narration, you probably would be like, I bet you're wondering how I ended up like that. Well, let me tell you. And then it goes to a flashback. Uh, he actually kind of uh, crawls or in, the case, in this case, like drops out of this SUV that um, kind of hits this uh, 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 dock or, you know, on uh, the uh, side of this uh, warehouse. Um And he kind of drops out of the SUV. He's bloody about to pass out. And he barely manages to get his phone where he uh, looks at a video of his wife. Uh, So we treat the flashbacks to when he's waking up. And it's weird because... So the movie starts and then we get a flashback of him waking up. And then from there we get another flashback of his time with his wife. So... Uh, Lots of flashbacks within flashbacks here. Uh, But anyway, we had flashbacks of his, uh, presumably his wife, um, them spending time together. But then her um, one night, her just collapsing and then in a hotel to find out that she's sick. And then unfortunately, to find out she passes away. And the night after the wake, after one's gone home, I receives a package and it's a puppy that she uh, apparently adopted for him uh, to basically knowing that she was going to pass away, wanted to give him something to remember by. Um, At this point, he decides to kind of just go out for a drive, um, taking the puppy with him unfortunately runs into a bunch of uh, a couple of uh, street kids and one of them is interested in his car but he's not so interested after he gets home unfortunately the street kid and his little crew decides to follow him and they beat him up uh, to steal his car but unfortunately not before they kill the puppy and they had to have picked the Right, cutest dog you could get on screen just so it could really be a gut punch. And uh, you, luckily, they don't show anything, but they do have uh, that kind of uh, puppy sound of, you know, a puppy being hit that you're just like, oh, you, you're just ready for whatever's going to happen to him. You're like, oh, it's justified now. Uh, so then comes to one of the Oh sorry, uh and then as he's recovering and he buries the puppy, he decides to go see um uh, an associate Aurelio who is a uh f- trying him losing the word here, a um uh fence or um he deals with uh stolen cars uh to see if maybe they had brought his car to Aurelio and that's when Aurelio tells him no it was your old boss's son and he's like okay well I'm going to need to borrow a car and then he goes off to uh presumably get ready now this leads to when I first saw this movie um I I believe is actually with David because um, we've known each other for a long time and um, he's in action movies and I was too. so when we first saw the trailers it looked pretty interesting and um, he invited me to go see and I think we did go see with his dad that time if I'm not mistaken so either that or Kingsman one of the two I'm pretty sure I saw John Wick with him but anyway um, so we went so um, we went see it and this scene uh, just had me roll it it's so quick it had to be rolling so Aurelio just met with John Wick and you know get we let him borrow a car now before that happened uh the kid who stole the car did actually show up in Aurelio's and when he saw the car Aurelio knew exactly whose car it was because he tells him to get out just leave and but but he's like what are you talking about I need clean plates I need this I need I need the VIN number change. You know, do your stuff. And really, it's kind of like, look, um, where did you get the car? It's like, oh, we sold it from some guy. We sure uh, messed him up, and we killed his dog. And he's just it, it, he kind of gives that laugh of like, uh, that's that, that's messed up, man. And he punches the kid. And. Uh, his uh, it, it, the kid's crew is kind of like tries to pull a gun on really is like yeah go ahead you know whatever you think you're gonna do it's you know it's nothing and uh, as a kid leaves he's like you know my dad's not gonna like this and um, really was like trust me he's gonna understand so of course after John Wick shows up and this of course the kid has already left and John Wick had showed up and left Aurelio gets a call from Vigo, who's the uh, uh, kid's father. And he goes, and I remember this because this is just a beautiful line. He goes to him and uh, Vigo actually says, uh, I heard you hit my son. And he was like, yes, sir, I did. And he was like, can I ask why? He's like, well, it's because your son stole John Wick's car and killed his dog. If he kind of turns around and just goes, "Oh," it hangs up. <laughs> and I probably not do the scene justice, but if you ever see John Wick, it's just just the most like hilarious scene, and you're like, "Okay, I think I know what I'm in for." Uh, to sum up, most of the rest of the movie um, in first John Wick. He uh basically unearths because he has a submitted over, he unearths a chest with gun, with different guns, knives, different weapons, and gold coins. Now this is something that they that the um the showrunners or the directors and writers did in this movie that's that really makes John Wick stand out compared to other action movies. Um you know, different action movies have like a little, uh, either a theme or a feel to it. A lot of movies that have The Rock um, have kind of this feel to it that makes The Rock stand out. Same thing with other um, other actors like Bruce Willis or Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Stallone. Um, the Fast and Furious series, usually because they deal with cars and, um, you know... Uh, fast-moving vehicles, has a certain feel. What John Wick does, and this is a lot to the um, two directors who were stunt coordinators, which I'll talk about after I get into John Wick 1 and 2, um, because they're stunt directors, the two things that make John Wick stand out a lot is, one, the stunt choreography that goes on, that happens right after the scenes that I'm talking about where John Wick goes... Um, pretty much goes off on a uh, group of thugs that come after him. But also with these coins and this entire um, kind of hitman underworld that that we're introduced to in the first movie and is expanded on in the next two movies. Um, So get back to John Wick. Of course, um, when Viggo finds out what's going on, he actually slaps his son around a couple times. He's like, "You don't know what you've just un- much. You don't know what you've just unleashed." And he even attempts to call John to kind of see if he can't talk him out of it, talk him out of what he's gonna do. And unfortunately, he can't. So he gets his guy to send like a bunch of men to go after him. And John Wick is basically suited up wait from and you get one of the most kick ass um uh action sequences in a long time and he takes out all these guys. Um and one other scene I will talk about is the next one again uh if they have the action to show you, okay, this is going to be action-packed. This is the for you're going to get. But you're also going to get these elements of comedy, too. And so that's what kind of happens here, where after he, kicks, uh, after he kills all these guys, headshot after headshot, um, a few, like, uh, just neck snaps and knife stabs, um, you kind of see these red and blue lights and his doorbell rings. And a police officer is there and uh, he he opens up the door at first he has his gun out but when he sees the police he's like okay let me put this back and then he opens the door for the police and I'm trying to remember the guy's the character's name I'm going to say Johnny I'm not sure but um no it's not Johnny of course because it's John so it's going to be um I'm trying to remember his name but anyway he knows the officer by name and he's like, noise complaint. And the officer's like, noise complaint. Kind of looks over his shoulder. He sees one guy actually laying out in the hall. And he looks at Ja and goes, uh, are you working again? And John's like, no, I'm kind of working on, I'm I'm kind of sorting through some things. And he's just like, oh, I'll leave you be. And just walks away. And there's a subtle thing that if you notice, When he looks over his shoulder and sees a dead guy, he does put his hand on his gun for a moment. But then when John tells him he's working on stuff, you actually see him not only take his hand off, but almost subtly showing that he's taking his hand off his gun to be like, John, don't kill me. I'm just going to walk away from this. And John... I think, you know, they, they, Kiara does plays it well with just like kind of subtly go like, yeah, cool. Yeah, you can go. And then to add on to this and then to add on to this world, which we're going to get into in a minute. Um, he calls basically the equivalent of a bunch of cleaners to come in and. Clean up the house. They wrap all the bodies. They um, squeegee the uh, screens. Mop up uh, the blood on the floor in the uh, kitchen in a couple of areas and clean up the scene. Within like we, from what I can only assume, it still only takes them maybe less than an hour. Um, <laughs> and it's, they actually, and the, the van of course says waste disposal. And you're like, of course it does. And he pays in these gold coins. And it's like all you need. All you need is to call this, give him the coins, and that's it. No other questions. Um, from there, we're brought to... We're introduced to The Continental, which is this hotel in New York that houses pretty much all these different criminals and well, um, hitmen and... Apparently it's like a, and from what we've given in, in the movie, it's a safe haven where you can kind of, um, kind of a safe harbor or a, um, the inn in a sense if you want to go with a video game. Uh, logic it's the end where you can rest you know collect yourself and get ready um of course one rule you don't actually do any work on continental grounds so you can't hurt anybody while you're in the continental and it's here where he meets up with the manager who's played by ian mcshane which he does a phenomenal job Uh, and also the uh the concierge who also knows John Wick from previous, uh, because he's like, it's good to have you back. He's like, uh, well, just kind of visited, <laughs> you know, not sure if I'm really back yet. Uh, he plays a port role in later films, but, um, you know, he kind of gets his bearings and he prepares to go after, uh, Vigo's son. Um, and, Uh, He ends up going to like this uh, bar where he is able to kill at least uh, one of his son's little crew guys um, and make some run for his money. And also we're uh, taken to another action sequence. Um, So I want to take a side note that... If you notice, if you um, have a chance to, if you watch the film, you'll notice that a lot of people, you'll notice a lot of stunt people and secondary actors who are on the Matrix, which makes perfect sense because um, David Leach and Chad uh, Stahilski um, along with uh, Keanu Reeves who plays John Wick were all a part of the Matrix. Um, David and uh, Chad were both stunt coordinators. Uh, Chad was actually a um, stunt double for Keanu for a lot of movies, apparently. Not just The Matrix, but also he's been Keanu's stunt double for um, The Replacements as well as Constantine. But um, there were some guys that worked on this film. That's where they met and they decided to kind of... Get back together for this film. So, um, but a lot of people, there's uh, quite a few um, hitmen and other secondary actors you'll see from The Matrix. But um, not to give too much of away, but he goes on a long and bloody and at sometimes a dark, humor hilarious uh, a kind of romp on trying to get to Vigo's son. And eventually he does. Um a he, he does actually get to him. Uh but of course Vigo is very upset by this, even though he kind of understands where John's coming from, but it's still his son, um, and lead into a final conversation with Vigo that practically almost kills him. Uh so they kind of jump to the end of the movie. We we're back to where it kind of starts with him kind of on this corner, um bloody from all the fights that he had just been in. Cause this pretty much happens within like maybe two nights where he's been fighting in his home, um, at two different, uh, bars. At one point, they does have to fight at the continental. Um, somebody decides to try to, um, uh, ditch the rules And do uh, work on the company ground. But anyway. um, After all those fights. And a final fight that happens. Kind of Matrix style. In the rain. But on this pier. um, You know. He's just ready just to kind of kill over. But he gets this kind of. But listening to his wife again on his recording. Kind of gives him this kind of. Extra strength to kind of move on. And as he. Decides to kind of go into this uh, warehouse that he crashed into. It turns out to be a veterinary um, a, a head hospital, veterinary um, hospital. Uh, so he's able to get like a few uh, stitches and medicine to kind of clean himself up. And then he notices that um, there's some, you know, um, dogs in cages. And one of them is being scheduled for um, euthana- uh to be euthanized and he decides to just uh take the dog for himself and uh john wick one ends with him uh hobbling along with his new dog uh who actually is just called dog for the next two films so uh i guess they haven't figured out a good name for him just yet um, anyway, that's John Wick One, which ended, which was in two thousand fourteen, and then three years later, in two thousand seventeen, we get John Wick Chapter Two, and uh, John Wick Chapter Two starts off practically where this one it's off. He's actually um, attacking this guy on motorcycle because he knows where uh, his car eventually ended up and it actually ends up with this um russian dealer who is the brother of vigo and he's kind of like he's trying to pack everything up because he knows what happened to his brother and his nephew and he's like okay we gotta pack everything up we gotta go the car's in the shop we'll just leave it there but we gotta get out of here and it's just like you know, why are you, why are you all afraid? Because, like, it's freaking John Wick. He's kind of... He he killed my brother. He killed a nephew. And he pretty much destroyed our organization over a dog and his car. And we have the car. So we need to get this out of here. And... It's hilarious the actor who lays... Um, Kind of a side note, that's another thing that this series is really kind of cool for is that if you have watched a lot of different movies, a lot of TV shows or what have you, you're going to see a lot of little like celebrities and stars in a lot of different roles in this film and it's pretty hilarious. To the first movie, which had Ian McShane. William Dafoe shows up as an old friend. Kevin Nash even makes a a short little cameo. Um, And and another Matrix guy, the... uh From the uh, Matrix, um, I believe it's Reloaded, the second one. The Keymaster guy is actually a doctor (laughs) that shows up in it. It's hilarious. And then in this one, again, there's a a John Wick 2. There's a lot of different characters that you're going to see pop in. Even Aurelio. uh, Oh, and Aurelio is played by John Leguizamo, who I had not seen in a movie since, I think, Collateral. um, Or no, sorry, Collateral Damage. Um, and I can't remember the last movie I've actually seen him in, but it's been a while, so it was funny seeing him in this. But anyway, um, he kind of goes in this place, beats up a lot of guys, and there's a moment where the main Russian guy is kind of like, he's sitting in his office, and he hears all the gunfire and shouts and screams, and he's just sitting there like, oh man, I hope he doesn't come up here. And eventually he does but John Wick's kind of like, Peace. And he's like, So you're not going to try to kill me? He's like, No, I just want the car. And he's like, Okay. And he takes the car, which unfortunately got very damaged as he was trying to make his way out. Uh, so he eventually gets to Rilio. He's like, Yeah, I'll have it done by, you know, Christmas of, you know, 2020 or something like that or something like far off year. Um, anyway, he takes the car and and he had, and now he's back at home, he's got his new dog and he starts to settle, but unfortunately doesn't settle for long because because he came back out um a guy who he had gave his marker and again uh, something they do in this and this they expand that world. So in the first movie they kind of give you this hint of this kind of other world with um where you have gold coins and um, hotels for uh, hitmen, and um, there's doctors and cleaners that you can call for your ser- for services, and all you have to do is pay for these coins, and no questions are asked, and you know you have these safe havens. They expanded here where you have this guy coming in to say, "Hey, um, you gave me this marker, which is the equivalent of you know a life debt. To say I owe you one." And it's one of those things that's, it's universal and it can't be denied. If um, I gave you this marker, that means at any point you can come to me and cash that in for anything and regardless of the situation. So in this case, since John Wick had, since he was able to get out of the game when he was with his wife, at least from what we're supposed to understand, this guy respected it and said, okay, I'm not going to get him. But since he came back to go against Vigo, uh, he said, or Vigo's son, he's like, well, now that I know that you're back in the game, I need, and situation right now calls for somebody you're gonna do this for me. And John Wick actually denies, and technically that's against the rules. And you, we find out in this movie that there is a kind of set of, there's like a council, or in this case, a high table, which is called, that governs all these different rules of the continental, the markers, everything. And to go against it, you go against the pretty much foundation of everything. And so when he denies and the guy leaves, he actually pulls out like this grenade launcher and pretty much destroys John Wick's house. Um, Luckily, John Wick and the dog actually get out and he makes his way back to the Continental. And that's when he uh, actually leaves the dog in the care of the concierge who, you know, offers him to you know, kind of look after the dog while John Wick kind of gets everything sorted. And he kind of goes, and initially he goes to his friend, the manager, um, Ian McShane, or Winston. And Winston kind of tells him, hey, I don't know what made you give him i I'm trying to remember the guy's name now, Santino. And um, Winston tells him, I don't know what made you give Santino a marker before, but because you did, you have to do it. And it doesn't matter what he wants done, you have to honor the marker, period. And John Wick's like, because if he doesn't, then the entire high table will be after John Wick uh, for breaking that kind of rules. And it's just one of those things that the rules were given that with the rules, there's kind of this order that's been had with all these different elements. And without it, there'd be just chaos. And so, but but because they have these rules, everyone has to follow them, period. There's no uh, exceptions. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Everyone follows these rules. Um, so the job that um, Santino wants him to do is actually to kill his sister. And the reason behind it is that by doing this, Santino will have a seat at the high table. And although John Wick hates that he has to do this, he knows that, unfortunately, Santino will just keep on coming after him, and eventually the high table can actually start coming after him, and he won't be safe anywhere if he doesn't do this job for him. So he actually travels to, believe, actually to Rome, And again, to expand it out, we actually see the Continental of Rome (laughs) to know that, yes, this same uh, hotel chain is all over the world, Uh, which um, a slight spoiler for John Wick 3, he goes to a different city and there's a Continental there too. So they are everywhere. Uh, So he goes to this Continental and then um, he has to get like kind of gear and weapons he goes to this tailor shop that actually makes these like armored suits Uh, so now whenever people are shooting at him he has this kind of bulletproof suit that well it's going to say it's bulletproof in which it stops the bullets but the impact still hurts so he's uh, so he'll take a couple of shots but he'll be limping for a lot of times and sure enough he is for the most part And, uh, so he gets the weapons. He eventually does manage to, uh, kill Santino's sister who kind of tells him, hey, he has, Santino has, uh, eyes to take over the city. So you think, you know, also, you know, he's going to betray you too. And, but he's like, he has my marker. So I have to do this. And... Um, he does a job, but unfortunately, uh, one of her bodyguards, which is played by, who's played by Common, uh, his, and his, his character's name is Cassie, uh, Cassian, I think, or Cassius. See, the either Cassius or Cassian? I don't know. But anyway, um, he's kind of like, it, it, it's kind of like a parallel to John Wick where, um, he cared for her. And John Wick killed her, so now he's after John Wick. And not only that, um, Santino, of course, had sent his bodyguard, which um, is played by Ruby Rose, in in a role that, in my opinion, she does a good job in it as this kind of silent uh, bodyguard slash uh, killer. Uh, I've heard a lot of people don't care for her role in this one. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was really good. But um, anyway, she's sent with a bunch of Santino's men to finish off John Wick. And so as he's trying to make out of this uh, base, um, she's after him with her men. Uh, Cassian is after him for killing the girl. So John Wick is just kind of at odds. And eventually, he, um, him and Cassian are fighting, and they end up in the Continental they crash through one of the uh, doors. And as they're just still struggling, the manager there comes in. He's like, um, no fighting on, on the grounds. And they have to get up, look at each other, just kind of go to the bar for a moment. But it's not over. Because the minute they get out, it's back to business. Um, so John tries to make his way back into New York, back to the city. But unfortunately, he gets a call from Santino, who took the opportunity because no one—and this is where it kind of like you have to suspend this belief that even that John Wick wouldn't tell, wouldn't broadcast what he's doing, nor would Santino broadcast that he would want to kill his sister. So it kind so in in a sense, it just looks like. Somebody, somewhere, decided to put a hit and use John Wick as the instrument. But Santino being the quote unquote loving brother, he now put a bounty on John Wick for seven million. An open bounty. Because Santino just looks at he he took the opportunity, was like, he calls him, he's like, You really didn't you I mean, it would it would be right that I wouldn't do this for my own sister, because you know it's not like he went. It's not like no one knew because, unfortunately, he kind of did. John Wick kind of did this like the middle, like this party, and of course, Kazian got away, so he would know John Wick did it. But anyway, Sandino puts his head out on him, and he actually goes back to the Continental uh, in New York, and uh, Winston you know, pulls the, uh, kind of like this ledger to be like, okay, well, John Wick did your, um, did your favor. So, you know, put your thumbprint here and sign the marker be done. And, he, and Santino's kind of like, well, you know, he'll be dead, so what does it matter? And um, Winston's kind of like rules. And I think that's more or less like Winston knows that John Wick will survive this. So he's trying to in a sense, he's trying to use the rules to help John by at least, like, okay, if I make sure Santino actually uh, honors the marker, maybe by the time John gets here, I can give him the marker before John does anything crazy. Unfortunately, that doesn't work out too well. Um, John eventually does make his way back to city, but unfortunately, he's got to deal with All these different um, hitmen who see the seven million bounty and are all after him. Uh, We get a uh, (laughs) we get a reference that was made back in the first movie, and said again in the second one, where there's a story that I once heard that John Wick killed three men in a bar with a pencil, and he does end up killing two men in a bar. With a pencil in this movie. Uh, but anyway, uh, he makes his way. Eventually, he does actually uh, meet up with uh, Lawrence Fishburne. So, another Matrix uh, reunion. And another side note, if we're going to have all these Matrix reunions, I say Carrie and Boss needs to show up. Uh, because if you haven't heard, they've already... Um, green lit a John Wick 4, which is going to come out in, I think, about two in about a year and a half or two years. So, if they haven't figured out already, or if they can't get on her agents, even if she's not going to do any major, um, like, if she's not going to do any uh, major fighting or any kind of major action, they need to just get uh, Carrie Ann Moss. In a John Wick film, so we have her, so we so we finally have Neo, um, Trinity, and Morpheus back together, <laughs> uh, which would be kind of cool. But anyway, um, so uh, Lawrence Richard helps you know get him back um, towards the city. Uh, Santino's is at this kind of uh, museum where John Wick tries to confront him. Uh, well, confront him as in wanting to put a bullet in him. Uh, But unfortunately, he's able to be um, shuffled off uh, before John will get his hands on him. And Santino ends up going to the Continental where Winston has to put him up. You know, he just has he has to honor Continental because he is a because he does have a seat on it. Because at this point, um, because his sister was killed, he does have a he officially does have a seat on the high table. So he is part of this council. Uh, So John Wick actually gets back to the Continental, which, of course, is safe ground, um, finds out where he is. He's in this lounge. When he shows up, Winston looks at him, and you can tell Winston's already putting in his mind, he's like, he's gone through so much hell, he's not here to just talk. And he tries to tell him, he's like, John, this is the Continental, you can't do business here, Just, just walk. And Santino, unfortunately, he's just he's just eating this meal. He, he makes these kind of quips like, you realize that you can live here for um, years and never have the same meal twice. And he's just egging him on. And Winston's like, just walk away. And Santino's kind of like, yeah, yeah, Jonathan. And that's another thing. Winston calls him Jonathan. There's like a lot of his... How can I put this? Um, some of his regular... Like regular friends just call him John. Like Aurelio, um, uh, William Defoe's character, a couple other characters. will just refer to him as John. Uh, Winston... And, and uh, Santino, of course, refers to him as John. Winston refers to him as Jonathan... Uh, Same thing with, I believe, the um, manager of the uh, Rome uh, Continental also calls him Jonathan. So, it seems like a lot of the more, like, older, more sophisticated um, individuals, you know, usually refer to him as John. Like, there's, like, kind of like this, um, and there are people who knew him for a long time. So, it seems like these people know him as Jonathan, like, the professionals and his casual friends call him John. These people have known him for a long time. They're kind of, his sisters call him Jonathan. So Winston tries to tell him, Jonathan just walk away. And Santino has to get that last jab in. He's like, yeah, Jonathan, walk and before he can say away, he puts a bullet in his head in front of everybody. And he's like, Winston's just like, what have you done? And John, John just looks at him and goes, "I finished it." Throws down the gun and walks. Um, collects his dog, and he ends up back at his home, which is kind of, which is pretty much burnt down. Um, but he tries, you know, salvage what he can. At this point, while he's sitting in the rain, the concierge walks up, and he's like, "You need to come with me." And John, at this point, he's kind of reserved. He's like. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I can't deny I broke the rules on this one. Like, hey, you know, he he did what he thought he had to do. So he takes, so the Gutierrez takes him kind of like to the middle of. I can't remember where it is. It's like this square. <laughs> if you've watched anything that involves New York, whether it be a show or a TV, at some point you have seen this kind of. Uh, park area it's I, I believe it's in Central Park but you see this particular um, kind of setting it's almost it, it's it's like a it's like a, a, a staple that if you are gonna be in New York and you're filming and you have to have a scene where you're outside and you need dialogue <laughs> you you're, you're gonna do it in this area but anyway he meets Winston. And he's like, you know, um, you know, it was like, I can't help, you know, I had to, I had to excommunicate you. Not only that, you killed a member of the high table. They doubled the bounty to 14 million. So, but then, you know, kind of John's like, well, why, why am I not dead yet? He's like, cause I deemed it not so. And he kind of gives a signal and all the people in the park stop and leave. And it's just them two. Well, them two and the dog. But, um, you know, that's just to show you how much pull Winston has. So it's like, you just see everyone like in this park area um, or fountain area, I should say, just leave. And it's just them. And, he gives him, and Winston hands him, which I assume it's it's his marker that he had originally gave to Santino to be like you know maybe you might need maybe this will either help out or maybe you know maybe you can figure out what you can do with this because at least that will prove that because I think what it is is that that at least proves that he had a marker with Santino. And maybe it's one of those things that if you can, or at least the way the way I looked at it was that having a marker proves that John had a marker for Santino. And the rules of the marker, of course, is that you do if you give somebody a marker, you do any request they have. So And this is where kind of like, this is maybe like more, you know, he'd have to plead his case, is that the only reason John went after the sister was because Santino told him to. But then Santino betrayed him. So there's probably another thing where there's probably like a trust issue where, you know, if you hire this hitman to do a job, you don't go back and then put a mark on that hitman. That's dishonest, and that's what led to his death and maybe if John can get a few minutes to talk to somebody at the high table, maybe he can um maybe he can uh put that case together or something, or maybe he can kind of figure out that before they kill him but unfortunately, what happens is because he did this like in front of a lot of people, Winston kind of his hands were tied here, so he excommunicates him, which means. He can't use any of the services or features of a continent, of not only that continental, but any continental in the world. He cannot use any services tied to continental. Um, so, any safe houses, safe havens, um, places of rest, unavailable to him. Also, they doubled it to 14 million. So now there's, and so. Uh, See, so, episode, uh, sorry, episode, geez. Um, Chapter two ends with John Wick being on the run, a 14 million bounty on his head, and he's officially excommunicated, so he can't go to any continental for, like, aid, for rest, nor can he get any extra weapons, or use any other facilities, and that's where two ends. Uh, so, as I said earlier, uh, Volume Three, uh, Chapter Three, Parabellum, came out last week. And to give a brief synopsis of how of what Chapter Three is, so Chapter Three uh, starts off right where um, Chapter Two ends. Um, he's running through the city. He's got about an hour left. <clears throat> Sorry. He's got an hour left. He's trying to collect everything and anything he can before his hour's up. And um, and once it's done, a bunch of hitmen start coming after him. Unfortunately, not only that, but you also got the high table because one of their members was killed. Uh, so they're also kind of getting involved into John Wick. So now John Wick has to figure out a way to um, survive all this and figure out a way to get from basically how to get from under the from under the thumb of the high table. And um, I don't want to go into more detail other than to say that there are a lot more cameos. Um, If you're a fan of the Raid series that I've definitely talked about one time before, Raid and Raid 2, you're going to see a couple familiar faces from there actually show up that do a really good job. Um, The action is even crazier. Uh, There's even a moment where you have a pair of attack dogs um, aided by a a character that I knew from the trailers was in it, but I guess some people were very surprised because I heard a lot of, you know, gasp when she shows up, and um, I've I, I seen a few people kind of talk about they didn't realize such-and-such such was in the movie, so maybe it did a real good job on hiding this, so in that case, I won't say who it is, but all I can say is... Um, you know, it is a woman because I did say she, so I can't, you know, hide that. But she does have a pair of attack dogs, and uh, trust me, when they start getting into action, it's, it's a really cool scene. So, all in all, I thought John Wick 3 was amazing. It was great. If you like the previous series, I think you'll really enjoy this one. Um, the story does expand out a little bit more as far as. Uh, the high table and their capabilities and what can can't do as far as the Continental. So um, it really expands on a lot of elements. Um, I thought it was a fun movie. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm actually thinking about maybe uh, if I feel feeling a little bit bored this weekend. I'm actually on AMCA list, so I might actually go out and see it again because I don't really care for seeing Aladdin because I have seen the I have the animated film and what I've heard they really didn't change much so I'll just keep with the animated and Brightburn burn seems kind of interesting but I'll probably wait on that one um, so I might just go see John Wick 3 one, one more time and like I said it's definitely worth it but it's a great action film and I highly recommend it. I actually recommend all the films and um, what's cool is that each film just picks up where the last one left off. There's, um, there's not much as far as like you know what happened in between. There's really not much happened between one and two. The only thing that really happens, I think, is that because he doesn't have his dog when he uh, fights the Russian guy. So apparently, at least he does go home briefly uh, to kind of, uh, you know, kind of put the dog up uh, just long enough for him to go and get his car and come back home. And in the second one, it really starts off right where the second, I'm sorry, the third one starts off right where the second one left off with him and his dog right beside him running through the city knowing that within the next hour he's going to be excommunicated and a $14 million bounty is going to be put on his head. Uh, So right now, I want to take a moment and actually talk about the uh, directors, uh, the directors, the writer, and also um, the uh, composer. Because one of the things, if you listen to my uh, previous podcast, I'm really into music. I I love uh, soundtracks. I Whenever I play games, I usually want to play something in the background. I enjoy having music, um, even like while working. It's it's just a part of me. And one of the reasons why I actually picked up guitar and uh, started playing it because I used to be in um, Marching Man before, and I really enjoyed that. So um, music has always been a part of me that I've really had um, a lot of fun with, and I enjoy good music. I enjoy good, especially good soundtracks. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, different songs, but I enjoy the actual, like, soundtrack, what makes it, uh, definitely you. Um, if you watch, um, The Predator, there's a kind of like, uh, kind of this, like, this drum beats and sound to the Predator that's unique to the Predator. Same thing with the aliens, Terminator. Um, big ones like Indiana Jones and Superman, Batman, Star Wars. All these all these movies have a certain sound. Um, even um, a lot of the Marvel movies, like later on, I think after Avengers especially, you hear it in the older, in the first uh, phase of Marvel films but more the second cuz they really um went back to it is that um you know music really sets this kind of uh tone and this feeling for these movies that um that are just impressive and um and I really just enjoy like a good soundtrack not only to the fight scenes but also the in between scenes the uh dialogue scenes the intros the credits um everything and the composer for this film is uh, tyler bates and he's an american musician and composer so he does a lot of the playing himself and he does you know uh and he does music for film tv and video games so uh, a couple things that he's done not just the john wick series But he's actually going to be doing the music for Hobbs and Shaw coming out soon. That's the uh, Fast and Furious uh, spinoff. He did music on the the Punisher series from Netflix, Deadpool two, Guardians of the Galaxy one and two, Atomic Blonde, Samurai the renewed uh, Samurai Jack series that came out last year uh, or two years ago, two thousand seventeen, Sucker Punch. <clears throat> sorry, uh, Conan the Barbarian, the remake back in 2011, 300, and even a video game in Transformers War for Cybertron. So um, he's done a lot of different music, and it's really, and like I said, uh, if you have a chance, like, listen to just the um, the, the soundtrack for these movies, not the, um, you know, like, license. Songs, but the actual background and um, all those, you know, kind of themes of the movies is actually really impressive. And Tyler Bates is actually um, now that I realize like how much he's actually been doing, he's getting up there. He's getting up to one of um, one of my favorite uh, compo- uh, new composers, along with uh, Michael Giacchino. and um, I'm trying to remember his name, and I apologize. I think it's Rami something um, he actually does the Orogin uh, he does the music for um, he did the music for like Westworld, uh, Game of Thrones, Persons of Interest um, he does a lot of those music and it's really impressive uh, but anyway um, another thing I want to talk about is the writer uh, the writer of John Wick, of John Wick series is Derek Kolstad and um, he wrote the he wrote all three of the John Wick films. He's actually apparently um, been tasked for a Just Cause film, which is this uh, action-packed uh, video game series you have Xbox or PlayStation or PC that is kind of, in a sense, it's like the more like if, if um, it's it's almost like the fast it's like if like if John Wick. Had a fast and furious mode. That's what Just Cause is a little bit. I know people who play the series will probably correct me on the story of it, but <clears throat> Just Cause seems like a crazy series. That if they can put that in the film, that's going to be pretty wild. But apparently, he's actually on task to do a um, Hitman TV series and a Continental TV series. So a TV show about the actual Continental. Um, uh, hotel which I've heard back when um, back in 2014 when John Wick first came out uh, they had been talking about um, possibly doing a continental show so hey if he does I'm I'm game. I'll see it and originally um, when he did the when he wrote the uh, film he actually had just called it scorn but um, Reeves, uh, was actually con- uh, sorry. He was. It was actually just suggested by Keanu Reeves to call it John. Just call it John Wick instead. And it's a homage to Colstad's maternal grandfather, who's apparently his name is John Wick. So um, it was originally called Scorn, but uh, Reeves actually convinced him to change it to John Wick instead. And I talked a lot about the stunt coordinators who. Um, from the Matrix series who became the directors. So like I said, that's uh, Chad Stahilski, who directed all the John Wick. So he directed uh, John Wick 1, Chapter 2, and Chapter 3, Parabellum. He's been a stunt coordinator on Expendables 1 and 2, The Wolverine, Hunger Games, The Mechanic, uh, Save Tron Legacy, Serenity, Beaver Vendetta, the Matrix series, Tomorrow Never Dies, and Sherlock Holmes' Game of Shadows. So he's definitely seen a lot of movies in, rec- in recent years and in years past. And he's also not only a stunt coordinator, but he also has done stunts. So a few stunts that he's actually like actually been in. Um, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, Wild Wild West, Escape from L.A., Next, Iron Man 2, Spider-Man 2, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, another really good spy movie that I think is sometimes underrated, uh, Live Free or Die Hard, and Jumper. And I mentioned before that uh, he's also been a stunt, that uh, Chad has actually been a stunt double for Keanu Reeves, but he's also been a stunt double for um, Brandon Lee in The Crow, Michael uh, Wincott in Alien Resurrection, and <laughs> And even Johnny Knoxville in uh, Dukes of Hazard, so they've definitely got a lot. He definitely has a lot of kind of stunt coronation under his belt. Uh, but that's, but that also says a lot for his partner, uh, David Leach. Now, uh, David Leach co-directed John Wick One, uh, kind of uncredited because they don't really put co-directors. But he did go on to do Atomic Blonde. Deadpool 2, and he's going to be doing Hobbs and Shaw. So he's saying in an action film. And in my opinion, Atomic Blonde was really good. There's a long fight sequence. Like, that's kind of like this one shot following uh, Charlize uh, through, like, as she's trying to protect this guy, um, following through these uh, um, apartment buildings and eventually back on the ground and in this car that, in my opinion, is done really well. And I'm sure there's a good chance it was probably um, edited here and there, but I can't tell. And I would swear that it's just one long take, and that's amazing. But in Deadpool 2, another really good movie. Um, I enjoyed it just as much as the first... Just talk real briefly on it. I really enjoyed that movie. So, um, And I can't wait to see Hobbs and Shaw. That just looks over-the-top action. And you have both The Rock, Jason Statham. Yep, yeah, Idris Elba is the bad guy. That movie can't come out fast enough for me. But he's also been a, court, a stunt coordinator on films like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2014 remake. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, which I think is an underrated um, action movie if you ever have a chance to see it. The Born Legacy. He's also worked on Conan, uh, 2011, Tron Legacy, Ninja Assassin, Speed Racer, and V for Vendetta. And he's also had his own share of stunts on The Mechanic, Jumper, Balls of Fury, uh, Born Ultimatum, SWAT, Ocean's Eleven, Van Helsing, Triple uh, X, uh, State of the Union underworld evolution and also 300 so these guys really know what makes kind of good action and i think it shows in not only uh, the john wick series but also in david's films of atomic blonde deadpool 2 and i have a feeling hobbs and shaw will be like that too but you know this is mainly about john wick and um like i said the series in general is really great it does something that I think a lot of movies need to kind of take note. It knows what it wants to be, so it's not trying to try to do too much more than, you know, what it's advertising to be. And it's it it is this this fun action film, but and they don't um and they don't put like a lot of weird uh, plot twists or anything like that in the plot itself. The plot is pretty simple where the first one is revenge for... And, and basically, the first one is revenge for the memory of his wife against these against these people that took it away. The second one was um, people thought he was out of the game but now he's back in and he's being um, pulled into the very much drama of the world. And the third one is because of his actions in the second one, there are consequences and now he has to pay for those consequences. Pretty much basic pots all around um, there's things that can be spoiled but it's not but that's not what this series is about. It's not about a long you know intricate story with twists and turns and you know revelations and things like that. It's about these action sequences of a guy who basically is trying to get out of the game, but unfortunately can't, and he's just doing his best, and I think that's really, really cool. Uh, The last thing I want to talk about, because this has actually been going over an hour, like I thought it might. That's why I didn't want to do it on Anchor, just in case it cut me off uh, too soon and I had to make this a second part, and I wanted to make this just One long, you know, kind of episode. So uh, if you're listening by now, you may have had to pause it and come back. Uh, Trust me, that is perfectly fine. I'm sorry that I'm putting this long, but I just wanted to get everything out there and just give you my thoughts on different things and, you know, uh, points that I thought was important. But anyway, um, so, so far, the John Wick series has actually done really well in general um it's had pretty much a low budget the first one uh was only like 20 million to make the second one it's not shown as far as on imdb just yet um i think that they only upped it to maybe like 50 million and same thing with the third one so relatively to other movies that are that you usually hear about in the Hundreds or $200 uh, million range, this is, you know, kind of uh, pretty low, but I think it pays off for them because they're making a lot of money on all these films, and it's definitely well worth it. And I would say, you know, it's kind of hard to say what the future holds, but hey, as long as um, these uh, show creators, the Chad David, um, as long as Keanu wants to come back, I say, hey, bring them back as often as they want to. So um, we're going to wrap it up from there. Uh, Again, I want to thank everyone who's listening. Um, If you have uh, comments or if you want to talk about John Wick or how much, you know, what you liked about the series, what you liked about the entire, you know, what was your favorite moments. Um, You can even include, uh, you know, John Wick, Uh, Volume 3, because I've seen it, so you're not spoiling anything from me. So, if you want to talk about, you know, parts that you really love, by all means, you can leave comments in Anchor. They actually give you an option for uh, voice messages. Also, you can send me a message either on my Twitter, at Morningstar Journal. Journal is spelled J-R-N-L. You can also reach me on... um, Facebook, um, just Morningstar Journal with Tariq, or you can send me a message in uh, Gmail, which is The Morningstar Journal, all spelled out, just all together. So, The Morning Star Journal at gmail.com. So, what I'm going to do now for the last kind of few minutes is I'm going to get my base out real quick. And I'm excited to play a little bit of what I have been uh, practicing for the last at least um, few weeks now. So this is one of the songs that I've been uh, playing at. So again, I hope you enjoy. Thank you all for listening and I hope you had a great week. Thank you.